Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Volume 2, Episode 1 of Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Patania. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Mahario, and our guest, Lieutenant Ricky Anderson. So, Ricky, could you uh, tell us a little about tell us a little about yourself, your your story so far? Of course. Um, so, to just hitting uh, eighteen months in the military here, and uh, it's been it's been a good journey so far. It's been all training. Um, just got to Fort Hood here actually on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, man, the PCS process was interesting. It was. It was good, but me and the wife, we made it through and uh, we're here in Fort Hood. So, so yeah. Nice, bro. Is uh, Does Fort Hood kind of live up to the reputation? Yeah, yeah. So right now um, I've yet to check in, but we will definitely uh, kind of see what uh, the units have to offer. Right now I've had uh, about three or four guys that went through either uh, OCS basic or Ibolic with and are already there. So um, each and every one of them are loving it. They have nothing but great things to say about it. So um, I'm super excited to check in here next week and kind of get the ball rolling and uh, and get to do what we do as, as lieutenants in the United States Army, so. Yeah, finally. I got a question. Hey, Ricky, have you seen um, First Sergeant Zicey yet from OCS? Uh, not, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I, yeah, I was at, I was at, uh, 211 for a long time, but no, I never ran the first time. I see. No, well, I'm saying, I know he went down to Fort Hood. Oh, he's uh, at Hood. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I will definitely keep an eye out for him. Um, like I said, I have yet, I, I haven't even checked in yet. So, um, we'll check in here next week once we uh, get back from Donza. Um, and I'll keep an eye out for him. So, yeah. Awesome. That's a bet. Yeah. Nice, bro. So, um, speaking on the schoolhouse, you've um, actually just graduated from uh, Ranger School, and um, you're getting your t- to your first unit, right? Yep. So, uh, how how was that? Yeah. So, Ranger School was uh, it was good, man. I know there's a lot of questions always about the experience, um, and I mean it, it's crazy because when when I ask people before going. Um, you know, a lot of people will just say, I mean, it's tough, it sucks, but, you know, just take one day at a time and you'll get through it. And honestly, man, that's that that sums it up. Uh, really, it's a, it's a lot you can say about it. It's so much that you can say about it. But, um, yeah, man, if you just take one day at a time, it, it's really nothing more than what we've all done before, whether it's been, you know, uh, basic training, OCS, uh, your bullet. You know, um, so it's, it's nothing we haven't done before. It's just uh, you put in different circumstances that uh, test your will, you know, to, to stay and to actually do the work, um, whether that's, you know, shortage of food or shortage of sleep, um, combination of both, um, you know, depending on what time of year you go, it's either hot or cold. And so you have to deal with the elements, you know, being outside for periods of time where you're not used to. Um, but overall, like you say, it, it, it was a great experience. It, it taught me a lot about myself, uh, taught me a lot about the men and women that I'll be leading um, here shortly. And it also taught me a lot about my peers as uh, other lieutenants who went through the process. Um, so, you know, just it gives you a, a good perspective on how to judge, uh, well, not so much judge, but how to, um, what's the word? Uh, 
I guess how to, yeah, I guess we'll just say judge. So, so how to judge if someone's going to be, you know, uh, you know, a fighter or if they're going to quit or if they're going to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, be there fight for, or flight. A long fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it just gives you a better, better, uh, better tools, equips you with better tools to be able to uh, kind of see those things early on. So I got a, I got a question. Um, so can you explain the three phases and what was your experience like in those three phases? And actually also too, when did you go? Like what, what, what season or what, what was the weather like when you went to Rangers? Yeah. State? Yeah. So good questions, man. Um, first, so I went in the winter, so I went on January 9th. So <laughs> yeah, January 9th. Um, of course, most people know it's 61 days, but I was there for uh, actually 104. So I recycled twice. I recycled in mountains uh, on an SOR violation, and then I recycled in Florida. Uh, me and 42 uh, of our good uh, peers, they actually, uh, we all caught the norovirus. Uh, so we had to stay and recycle down there in Florida. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was very interesting. But the three phases though, uh, of course there's Fort Benning phase, so that's a uh, rap week and then uh, Camp Darby. Um, and, and so some people would, would say that that's actually two separate phases, um, but they kind of lump them all together. So rap weeks, you know, the first initial week and then you go to Darby. So that officially starts uh, Ranger School. So uh, Darby phase and then you have the mountain phase up in uh, Delonica and then you have the Florida phase down in uh, in and yeah, in Florida. Uh, so at the Air Force Base down there. So uh, yeah, yeah, if that answers your question. Uh, toughest phase though, uh, I think would definitely have to be mountains phase. Uh, yeah, yeah, mountains phase, man. It's uh, It gets cold up there. So, you know, the higher elevation, the colder it gets. So being that we went in the winter, uh, it was it was pretty cold, it was pretty cold. But uh, I don't know if I want to go in the summer, honestly. So, For real? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cold, and I'm not a guy who likes the cold, but the heat, man, oh, my God, I can't imagine what those guys are going through out there right now, you know, 90, 100 degrees. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I'm probably dropping like flies or a heat cannon. Yeah, it's um, real, though. Yeah, like, it's heat cannon like crazy. Initiating that journey, though, I mean, because, like, you're mostly away from your family, so – how was that for, I guess, your work-life family balance? Um, well, coming into the military, so of course I'm a little older. Um, I came in at 31. And so uh, me and my wife, we already came into the journey, kind of already understanding that we were going to have to sacrifice some things. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, being away for, you know, 100 days, it, it, it's tough, but you know, of course, the military over the time, they have created systems that allow you to still, you know, keep in touch, whether it's writing letters, um, you know, taking a phone call, you know, once every three weeks or, you know, every, you know, every, whenever you get it, really. Um, so, you know, I mean, we just made it through. It was, it was tough, you know, being a father too. And like I said, husband, uh, being away, you know, you definitely think about those things at times, but, uh, you know, those, those, those thoughts, you turn them into good thoughts, you know, um, of course, the initial thought is, man, I miss my family, you know, and then you just have to turn that thought into, well, you know, I'm doing this for them. So, 
you know, that gives you the motivation. It gives you the courage to kind of get through the next task and get through the next day. Um, so you can get to them, get to them faster. Hmm. Are they, uh, are your two little ones in school now? Yep. 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 So my son, well, I guess not technically in school, school, but yeah, no, my son, he's four. So here in Texas, he'll actually be able to go to preschool. And mm -hmm. then my daughter, she's two. So she's, she's still in daycare, but um, he's excited to start big boy school. <laughs> the other day uh, we were, we were riding around and my daughter, she says, uh, uh, his name's Trey. She says, Trey, you're a big kid and I'm a toddler. And so, uh, and so they're, they're, they're special, man. I love them to death. A little mini me, yeah. as you said before. <laughs> so I got a question about, so you branched infantry, right? I did. So how much did infantry, the eye-bolic prepare you for ranger school? Because uh, I've heard that it does, but then some people... I've heard some other things about like iBullock and how it's changing and whatnot. So, yeah, man. So iBullock's changing uh, seems constantly, right? We got a new brigade commander there um, in my time that I was there, and the battalion commander was also new as soon uh, right before I started. But uh, as far as preparing you for Ranger School, man, um, I think, like I say, I think all of it does. Um, I think all of it does. Uh, I bullet, it, it was 19 weeks when I was there and now it's transitioning to a 15 week course. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so that's a little bit different and they're going to, you know, get a lot more information in, a, in a, a smaller period of time. Um, so of course, you know, the military will, they'll go back and they will, they'll evaluate that and see if it's good or bad. Um, you know, see if they're getting better lieutenants in the force or if, you know, lieutenants, uh, are lacking knowledge because of the shortened time period. So, you know, uh, you know, there, there are people way above our pay grade who are dealing with that. But uh, as far as preparing you for ranger school, like I said, I think it all does. Um, you know, Marvin knows uh, I'm, I went through basic training, you know, then OCS, just like you guys, and then Bolick. So um, just having that training, 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 and then going into ranger school, it was kind of like the pinnacle of putting it all together. Um, something, you know, I took something from every phase and was able to use it in Ranger School to become just a much uh, better and well-rounded battle buddy to my to my guys on my left and my right. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just think those schools that we went to prior to Ranger School, um, they all help prepare. Just in general coming in, man, uh, you're a beast, bro. Like, first time, I don't know if you uh, remember when we met, but it was in reception and you were, <laughs> so we were both uh, platoon guides and we were kind of having like a de-swing contest with like the whole like studying the blue book and everything. Yep. And we were just, it just turned into like a whole like shouting fest. Uh, it was just like really <laughs> funny to be like. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you have to see who's who. Yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. Um. Talking about schools, are you trying to go to any like additional, you know, get more chest candy on you, like aerosol, Pathfinder? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, my thought process is a little bit different. Like I said, I'm older, been away from my family, but uh, whatever's needed to, you know, to be the best leader I can be, you know, I definitely take. Um, I took striker leaders course in between uh, iBullock and Ranger School. So that was really neat to learn about that platform. 
Um, of course, here in Fort Hood, I'll be in charge of Bradley's. So uh, that'll be another platform under my belt that I'll learn, learn about and hopefully be proficient in. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was disheartening because, you know, since coming in, everyone says you go Ranger, you automatically go airborne. And uh, when we came back, they told us, you know, hey, you can't go airborne unless you go into airborne unit. So I missed out on that one, but I, I definitely do want to get airborne. Um, it's a great history there. Um, especially with triple nickels um, and, and, you know, the black troops who, who, uh, you know, who were, the, who were those airmen back in the day. I definitely want to be a part of that legacy. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the schools is one of those things. Uh, I'll take them as they come, but uh, I'm not searching. I'm not searching and, uh, and I'm not chasing the candy, if you say. So I'm glad you said triple Nick because now I know you certified, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. But um, I saw uh, I don't know if you're on Facebook, but there's like an African American officer thing, like officer page that I'm in on that. And if you aren't, I'll I'll add you on that. Okay, um, yeah, definitely send that to me. So can you talk a little bit about like being a black officer, and then not to mention like being a black infantry officer because one of the topics in that forum, they talk about how like, you don't have a lot of black officers in combat MOSs anymore. Um, and they're kind of veering away from that, going more to like the signals and the cybers and like the logistics and stuff like that, which there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but can you talk a little bit about like what it means to be a black officer, more importantly, a combat officer? Yeah, man, uh, another great question. I mean, to me, it, it means a lot because like you say, it's not many of us. Um, and, you know, I don't look down on anyone who does not choose to go combat arms. I think you have to have a heart for it um, and you have to kind of have some knowledge of what what you're getting into. Um, you know, for a long time, you know, America was you know built on the back of us. And so, you know, we're not afraid of hard work or anything like that. I just think that um, I think that a lot of uh, African-American guys, we want to uh, kind of learn some of the other things that will set us up uh, successfully outside of the military, which is which is smart. Um, I'm actually a branch detail, so I'm, I'm detailed AG. Uh, I'm saying I'm detailed infantry and branch AG, so I'm looking forward definitely to going on that side of the house and getting that training. But as far as, like you say, just being uh, an infantry officer as a black male, man, it is it's, it's different, you know, it's but it's uh, it's different, but it is normal if you if that makes sense um, yeah well because i mean just growing up you know um as a black man if you if you excel or if you exceed succeed in, in things um you know it, it's not it's not anything new to look to your left and look to your right and there's not many other people that look like you um when you're when you know when you're charting greatness and when you're you know trying to trying to do things differently than those around you um so, you know, like I say, it's unfortunate, but I think it will end up changing over time as more uh, black officers um, continue to go combat arms and then continue to, to rise, rise in the ranks and pull others along with them. Um, you know, I've met some great, you know, black officers, my brother-in-law, he was infantry for 18 years. Um, and, you know, just Colonel Dunmeyer and Lieutenant Colonel Henderson over at the Airborne School um, mm -hmm. I have some cousins who are 
uh, you know, in the military on the enlisted side. But I think it's like I said, I think the best, the most important part is just for the, the officers to pull other officers uh, with them. You know, because regardless of your race, I think sometimes as a people, you know, we can have that crab crab mentality and it's like, well, I figured how to, you know, I figured it out on my own or, you know, I, I didn't use a lot of mentors. So, you know, um, you you I can't mentor you, you know, you have to find someone else. But, you know, if if and we as as the younger generation, we have to be willing to reach out to those guys to get that mentorship and get that guidance from them. Um, but I think when those two things kind of align, we'll start to see more black uh, males in the combat arms. And more yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Good answer, man. Do you have, um, Ricky, any tips or advice for leaders uh, who are starting out as officers just like us or how, you know, your experience was so far, whether it be, you know, NCOs or um, officers and just like even on the outside on the civilian side as well oh man advice like you say uh and this is of course where i'm lacking because i'm still brand new we're all we're all still brand new so you know my only advice would be to just be open really um be open to the process be open to learning um and you know be open to uh listening to your good ncos um that's what all the all the successful people that I've spoken to, that's what they continue to say and continue to have in common. So that's what, you know, I'm continuing or that's what I'm going to do and what I what I have been doing. Um, you know, just reaching out to those who are, you know, light years ahead because, you know, lieutenant to captain time is very short, but those is some captains out there, man, that they just they just know a lot. You know, they know a lot because they they got into it early. They indoctrinated themselves into the, you know, into the system, into the language, into the doctrine. And um, they're very knowledgeable on, on their platforms or their particular um, areas in, in the military. So that's what I'm just trying to do, man. It's nothing new, just not trying to reinvent the wheel, just, you know, reach out, uh, get advice where I can from those who are smarter than me and, and try to leave some advice to, to someone else, man. That's, that's about it. Mm -hmm. It's a real peer, when you think about a peer-led based, um, you know, career, like what you said. So just reaching out to those who are knowledgeable, like what you said, and uh, ahead of our years, or even those who are around us as well, because as you guys know, um, a lot of these schools within the Army and I suppose the military as well are peer-led based and peer graded and um just kind of talking on that how was that peer uh graded type of learning environment when it came to um, ranger school or and how was it like different from the other schools you've been to so thus far yeah so it definitely was different uh in ranger school man there's a uh... I guess it weighs, it weighs a lot more, you know, and uh, eyeballing and OCS, you know, you get peered and uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's, unfortunately, it's like a check the box type deal, you know, you, 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 they peer you and hopefully everyone has something nice to say or, you know, or not nice, but something constructive to say. And, you know, you take heed and, and make yourself a better leader. Um, but unfortunately, you know, uh, in Ranger School, and it is set up, you know, purposely, but, 
you know, because of the lack of sleep, food, and everything else, um, people, you know, they hold they hold grudges. You know, they 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 let their emotions show, and so um, it is it is good though because the bad apples get weeded out very easily. Um, you know, there was an instance when when I was there, um, my squad we peered out a guy. And shortly after we peered him out, he had a conversation with someone and that person told him, they said, well, once you once you realize that you didn't get, you know, a, a go great, then uh, you stop caring about the team. And he was like, oh, that's BS. You know, I, I, I don't act like that. And uh, unfortunately, he had to go before the board. And so they the RIs told him tomorrow you'll be going, you know, before the, before the board. And he's like, all right, cool, whatever. And uh, he went to the store and bought tobacco, which of course is not allowed. And so he just proved the point that we made in the peering process, you know, um, that, you know, once things aren't going his way or once he sees that, you know, things may not be turning out in his favor, he kind of just says, you know, oh, well, you know, and gives up. And so I think peer, peers are great in that regard. Um, like I said, because the bad apples are gonna get kicked out. But unfortunately, you know, it's it's a human process and some people get peered who are phenomenal leaders, phenomenal teammates. And, you know, uh, a group of people may say, you know, we don't like this guy. So, you know, let's get him out of here or, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate, but it is the system that's put in place. So, um, you know, uh, and having that conversation with some of the guys in the Ranger School, you know, it, it really just boils down to, I mean, kind of what we've been talking about all, all along. It's just if you just be be a good battle buddy, do your part. Um, you know, you'll be fine. So, yeah. Hey, I have a question about the Citadel. Yeah. Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you go to the Citadel, you can commission out of like fresh out of the Citadel, right? And you can commission into the military. Yeah. 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 Of so how did you and you play football at the Citadel too, right? I did. So how did so how did you end up, you know, playing football at the Citadel? How'd you go from there to then eventually going to basic and then OCS and then taking that route instead of just commissioning fresh out of college? Okay, yeah. So the Citadel is still a public, we're still a public college. So just like any other university or college in the in the um US, if you go and you go through the RTC program, then you can commission, you know. Um, so that same rule applies to the Citadel. Uh, only difference, of course, uh, we do military. We like we are full military. We dress up in a uniform every day. We, uh, you know, we have formations every morning at lunchtime. Um, everything is ran in a military structure. Um, so yeah, so you have the option to go to the school and legit just enjoy being in a military structure without having to go into the military. But like I say, you have that other side, just like any other university, as uh, you can go in um, through the ROTC program and commission. So for me um, and most other athletes there, um, I think we had two guys who were on the football team who actually commissioned. Uh, and the big reason for that is just because the Citadel does not have the, the systems in place like your West Point's or um, your other schools that are military schools and, you know, athletics are an addition to 
Um, you know, so um, there's still something that they, you know, they have to work on because if you go to the Citadel, you know, on a full scholarship for football, there's no missing football practice to go do some military obligation, you know what I'm saying? Because um, we're paying you for football. So that's kind of what I ran into. And um, and then, of course, I had a couple of injuries in, in football. Uh, I was injured all the way up until uh, from my senior high school to my senior college, actually. And I stayed back and played the fifth year and the sixth year. Um, and so, uh, you know, afterwards, I decided to get into corporate America. And uh, I, I struggled with the idea of going into the military. And, uh, you know, speaking to recruiters and things of that nature, you know, guys would tell me, you're, ne you're never getting in. You're, you're too injured. You have all these injuries and never going to make it. But, uh, you know, back then I was young. I wasn't really... Uh, I wasn't really as strong willed as I should have been. And so I just said, okay, you know best. And I didn't really give it a shot. But, um, you know, after being in corporate America and really kind of sitting back and thinking, what is it that I want to do with my life? Um, being a part of the military and 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 serving this great country was was something that was on my list that I still had to check off. So I circled back around and and here we are. Um, you know, I, it's been, been a great decision. The military has been good so far. And uh, we're gonna see where it takes us from here. So, so what positions did you play in football? And um, at one point in time, did you think about possibly going to the NFL or going to like playing professional ball uh, after the Citadel? Yeah, man, of course. Um, so I played running back in college uh, and then slot receiver. Um, and then we transitioned to uh, the triple option, which is like your Army, Navy, Air Force type type offense. Um, so I played the wing back. Um, and then, of course, yeah, man, for, uh, NFL aspirations were, were always uh, on, on, the, on the table, you know, always a thought in my mind. Um, like I said, of course, with me, my injuries kind of took that off the table. Um, you know, uh, I, I still had a pro day. Still did fairly well, um, but from that, only Canadian football um, became a real option. And once I weighed, you know, weighed those options of playing Canadian football or just, you know, kind of getting out and start working and, uh, you know, creating that American dream for myself, I decided, uh, you know, to hang up the cleats. And so, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things, man, you'll, you'll always miss. But I think the military definitely provides that uh, that brotherhood, that camaraderie, you know. Um, like, I wish y'all would have told me I would have threw on my OCS shirt, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> you know, you see somebody, whether it's the airport, you know, whether it's uh, driving down the street, you know, in a city, you know, you're visiting, um, you see somebody with a symbol and that, you know, it's like, man, I'm a part of that too. And you instantly you can start, you can start to have a conversation and, um, you know, it's, I have so many great friends from the Citadel, uh, so many great guys doing phenomenal things in the world. Um, so yeah, no, it, it was a great experience. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, well, guys. All right. So, uh, just on the point or just going back to what you said about how a lot of the phases and stuff in ranger school or even leading up to uh, ranger school in general, um, it's a bit like strenuous. 
was there any kind of, I guess, mindset or mantra that you have when you're facing these challenges? Yeah, man. Um, so growing up, my mom would tell me this too shall pass. Um, very spiritual guy. And so I try to keep faith close to my heart. Um, and of course, uh, you know, just just close to my mind when uh, facing challenges, uh, especially. So, yeah, this too shall pass is kind of my way of getting through mostly all, all difficult things, man, because um, it sucks at the moment, but, you know, it'll subside, it'll succeed. Um, once you get over the hump, then, you know, it is, hopefully it'll be something that you're able to look back on and laugh at. Um, you know, Kevin Hart's laughing my pain, man, you know. It's something that we can all do. You know, it sucks while you go through it, but that's only temporary, so. Anyway, it makes good stories after, so. Yeah. Were there, um, were there any times during Ranger School where you, like, they did make you laugh or did make you happy, I guess? Like, as I know, I basic, you know, like, I honestly didn't hate basic as much as I thought I would. So like during Ranger School, were there times you were like, yo, this is actually all right, or this is actually pretty fun? Yeah, man. And I think it's the same times you're talking about in uh, basic training. It's, it's usually those times when you with the boys or you with somebody and y'all, you know what I'm saying? Y'all just bobbing and <laughs> like really talking about how much it sucks. But then, you know, and talking about it, you just like, yeah, it's, I mean, it sucks, but it, it ain't that bad because I got, you know, the person to my left and to my right. Like, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's so many, so many times where, where it happened in Ranger School. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. I'll give you, I guess I'll give you one story. So, um, like I say, mountains was the worst phase for me. Um, but the second night, so the second night we were going up was called, uh, Cobra's Gap. And it, it, it's, uh, yeah, man, it just literally goes straight up. And so we did that during the daytime. And then at nighttime, we were, we were walking. And they told us we had like a, a 10 or 12K K movement. And um, and so one of the guys, he was uh, he was in my squad. And uh, Colette, so Keenan Colette, as a tall guy, he was hyper, hyper energetic, man, real good energy. And uh, we were just like, yeah, man, we're going to get through this. And there started to be uh, some people who were, who were feeling sorry for themselves. And, you know, I just looked at him and he looked at me. And uh, once we finally got to where we were going for the night, we just looked at each other and we just bust out laughing. And it's like three o'clock at night. And um, we were like laughing and we just like, we couldn't stop laughing because like, you know, like I say, we were sucking it and it was hurting. But at the same point in time, like I said, we did it together. And then, you know, we was turning around and looking at the guys who were you know, way back there. And, you're just like, yeah, man, it's, it's what it is, bro. We got to do this to get, you know, to get out of here. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's those times when you, when you got people by your side, I think that are, that are the best. Honestly, that's facts. I mean, uh, going back to basic, um, where it's called the forge, right? Is that yep. the, yeah. The yeah. Yeah. So we're doing the last ruck march and, People are like dropping like flies for a second platoon, which is uh, platoon Ricky and I were in. And, you know, going back to what you're saying, um, just finding like the good energy with, within like other people and kind of like syncing up with that. I saw Ricky 
literally like carrying 10 rifles of like all those other people while pushing <laughs> and like pulling someone at the same time to keep rucking. And I'm just like, damn, this, this is a, this is a leader. And this is a motivational guy that like anyone could, I would follow. Anyone could follow. Yeah, man. I mean, like you say, everybody has their thing. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not the smartest, not the brightest, you know, but uh, you know, I, I guess I've, I've grown some strength over the years. So, you know, you just, I think, I think good leaders and good people, they, uh, they recognize their strengths and they, they execute those very well. And then uh, they, they put good people around them and mm -hmm. uh, build them up in those areas they're not strong at. So. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you talked about V tipping later on in your career uh, to AG, are you planning on um, you know extending being a lifer in, within the army, or do you have plans um, after I guess your first contract? No, nah, man. So twenty years is, is what we're focused on. Um, like I said, AG is definitely what I'm gonna do after my um, after my lieutenant time. So I'm excited about that. Um, you know. I think it fits my personality, my day-to-day -day personality a little bit better, you know. Um, you know, we challenge ourselves in life and, and you know, definitely becoming an infantry officer and going through everything that it took to, you know, become a ranger and, and get infantry qualified was, uh, you know, it, it was it was challenging. Um, and, you know, like I say, it's, it's, I guess it's a, it's a notch that I've hit on my belt, so. Um, you know, I think I'll be better suited overall um, for the military um, as an AG officer. So I'm, I'm excited to do that and work hand to hand with people and kind of uh, help them be the best that they can be that way. So. Gotcha. So how does your family feel about doing 20 years? Because I'm uh, I have a fiance right now. and We've talked about that and that's kind of in our life plan. Um, Pretty much my, like, I'm National Guard right now. After my first contract, I plan on going active and then doing that for a little bit. And then once uh, our first kid gets around middle school, high school age, is that when I'm going to come back to National Guard or Reserve and then just kind of finish out till I'm, till, I guess, till the Army kicks me out. But how does your wife, how does your wife feel about you wanting to do 20 years? Yeah, she's on board, man. Like I say, uh, with me coming in later in life, we kind of had these conversations prior to, to me coming in and making the commitment. Um, she has a brother who did over 20. Um, like I said, we have plenty of family who did who've done 20 plus. Um, so we've seen the benefits of what the, you know, the military has to offer. Um, you know, you you put in the work and, and you give the military what they ask for and and in return, they give you, you know, what you ask for and what you need as far as uh, providing a lifestyle for your family. And um, so, you know, that's where we're at with it. You know, of course, life comes after you. Um, life comes after you, at you crazy. And, and who knows, you know, what tomorrow may bring. But, um, yeah, man, 20 is what we're looking to do. And, and so uh, we're excited about it. We know we'll, we'll go to some great places, meet some great people, and be able to do some great things. So, Yeah. So uh, why the Army versus like other branches? Did you um, consider anything else? Yeah, I did, man. I considered the Air Force, but um, at the end of the day, I think 
uh, once you do your research on like the different branches, you kind of know within yourself, like where you kind of would fit better. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me, it was, you know, I, I, you know, Air Force is, is definitely uh, like, it, it was definitely number one for a while, but when it came down to it, you know, um, I wanted to be a, a, a soldier um, versus an airman, um, you know, so uh, yeah, man, it just, I think it just fit who I am overall, um, personally, and, and just the, the history of it. Um, like I say, the, the triple nickel being one of them, just so many, so many great things about the army. Um, I mean, they're all great organizations, but, um, yeah, the army, army, army all the way. So. All right. Um, I'm not really familiar, but can you talk about, or like any of you, Brian or you, Ricky, talk about the triple nickel? Yeah, of course. Um, Ricky got, got this one. I got it. Oh, you got it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. So Triple Nickels, they were um they were uh, uh a company that was created to uh who were the first African American airmen um in the army. So they uh were paratroopers and like I said, they just made history because they were the first, of course. Um like I said, they were all they were the it was a company full of only black uh, uh full of only blacks and um they fought by themselves. So they they were self-sufficient essentially. Um, and they just they just uh, paved the way for there to be other black airmen, because at the time um, before them, you know, there were only white men that were doing it. And, um, you know, just like everything else, you know, we, we had to prove ourselves um, as people. Um, and, and so they did a great job just building that um, that foundation and building that trust um, within the organization that we could be a part and we could, you know, jump out of airplanes and do air assault missions and airborne missions and and everything else that being a paratrooper entailed. So yeah, man. Um, actually, so I was uh, newly into the army, and my cousin, I had a cousin here at Fort Benning. Her husband is actually he's a black hat over at uh, at Fort Benning, and so he did an anniversary special on it on YouTube. And uh, when that came out, that was actually the first time that I had had, um, had knowledge of it. So um, ever since then, man, it's uh, it's been near and dear to me because, you know, Black history is definitely important to a, a, a Black man. Um, so just learning about it and learning more and more about it each and every day has been good. So, Yeah, and to, uh, to piggyback off of that, um, so my sister was in the Marine Corps when I was young. And, you know, so I grew up kind of in a rough neighborhood. So growing up in that area, I would say the military was, people looked at it as a death wish or like that was something you do like when you're broke. Um, but I didn't join the army because I was broke necessarily. Like I was doing okay. Uh, like I already had a security clearance and all that stuff before I even joined. Um, but I started ingesting a lot of black history from there. Like I saw my sister deploy twice to Afghanistan. Um, I used to watch movies like Miracle at St. Anna, stuff like that, that had a lot of a uh, lot of rich history, a lot of rich uh, black history. Um, Buffalo Soldiers was kind of my thing. Uh, and I looked up to those guys like crazy, man. And um, even just like back to the to the Revolutionary War, I think that black people, black soldiers and even minorities as a whole, we've like earned the right to be Americans, but also like fight. And we've like prove that we can fight. Um, when I joined, it was 
I, I was living in Louisville at the time. And there was a lot of stuff going on with the Breonna Taylor case and that trial. Um, and I was calling a shout and everything. And I also became a military police officer, which is combat support. Um, but just the name police was kind of like, there was that, I don't know. There was just that identity crisis. You know what I mean? Um, but we are way different than civilian police. Uh, however, people would just challenge me, like, how can you fight for a country that doesn't appreciate you? That doesn't? I'm like, you know, I still love my country. Uh, you know, America has some flaws and whatnot, but I still love my country. And as an able-bodied male, like, I trust myself making those tactical decisions um, or even, like, pulling the trigger if I have to, as opposed to somebody else. Like, I don't want to delegate that responsibility to somebody else, uh, at least for my junior officer time. So... To anyone listening out there, anyone that will listen to this, like, as a, if you're a, if you're a minority or you or you know specifically a black officer, you have a claim to service. You know, like you belong here. If this is where you want to be, uh, this isn't just a white organization or a white male organization. Uh, there are people that look like you that have done this job and they've done it well. And yeah, don't let anyone tell you this isn't a job for you because. You know, you got two examples doing it, really three um, examples of young guys doing it. And then there's countless others that are doing this and they're doing it well. So that's all I have to say about that. I don't want to cry on this podcast. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> You're good. Um, just talking about all the changes within the military um, leading up to this point for us to have the opportunity to serve and you know, not face all of those struggles that our predecessors had. Um, is there any challenges or things that, um, open question for both of you, that you would like to see change? Um, yeah, I'd like to see change. Like I say, man, I, I so far I've, I have yet to tip the, the, you know, the iceberg. So for me, um, the only change I would like to see that I've noticed thus far is uh, some way to um, keep instructors in places a little bit longer, um, to be able to have a cohesive, um, a cohesive structure to, to, to what we're, what, 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 what is being taught. So. Um, I would say, so, so I'm, my, my unit's in Richmond, Kentucky, it's a pretty, it's a pretty rural, uh, blue collar unit, very white. There's only like five of us there. That being said, I would like the army to be intentional with having that representation of, uh, like if, if we're in a unit and there's a bunch of like black soldiers have like black leadership. I know, especially in the guard, you can only take with what you have, um, but just in general, that representation is very important. I had good representation in basic training. There was good representation at OCS, especially Alpha Company. And then when we were, when I was at Bolick, I had a black SGL. He was awesome. And they, you know, all of them were just like, hey, go back and grab one, go back and grab some and, you know, be that leader. Uh, but then with the army in general, I wish the army would uh, reward people for their service like they try to incentivize service to people that are recruits. You know what I mean? Like I wish the army would give like those $50,000 bonuses to people that are already in. 
they giving it to somebody fresh off the street. Um, because I think we'd have better retention numbers. But other than that, like yo, the army is like any other job. It sucks, and there are flaws. Um, it could be better, but a lot of people change their whole lives around for the better by you know by just serving one contract, let aside twenty years. So. I don't know. I love I love the army. This is my favorite thing that I do right now. This and like, you know, hanging out with my fiance and whatnot. Uh so what about you, Marvin? What 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 would you change if you could anything? Um I would change um on the topic of retention. I would change, I guess, incentives or how leadership um I guess highlight people's um The words like on the tip of my tongue, but like what they do on the daily basis. Because for me and my unit, um, and I've been there for like four or five drills now, there just seems to be a lot of uh, people, or my soldiers uh, in my platoon, where they're really motivated individuals, but, and I'm not, you know, I don't want it to be like a he said, she said thing. But um, they're just talking about, you know, leaving the army and whatnot. And I say, well, you know, you do all this and, you know, you're really dedicated. And it just like kind of goes to, you know, the leadership. And um, again, I've only been there for four or five drills and I just, you know, want to do investigating and see like, is it toxic or something? Or how come we aren't doing more and reaching out more to, these subordinates, these individuals, these people, and actually, you know, getting them into the schools that they need or getting them into leadership roles so that um, they can diversify and whatnot. So that's um, that's one thing that I've seen, um, I don't know, just like really motivated people who aren't given like these opportunities and that's what I would like to see change. So, yeah. And all that's good. That's big. That I think that that's you know what us as future leaders we have to push, man. Um, so so much in every well Ranger School really, man. There was a there was so much talk to us as officers to get you know enlisted guys. Hey, man, you know send as many guys as you can, um, even if they don't want to go, send them. You know, um, and. You know, in order for anything to continue to, to run, you know, continue to grow, man, there has to be some type of uh, desire for people to to want to do it. And even though what you were talking about, Brian, as far as, you know, the, the bonuses, man, like uh, with the new with the new structure, um, they give active duty uh, in between your 10 and 10 and 12 years. Uh, and incentivize, uh, they incentivize us to uh, stay with the bonus, but you know it's at that kind of halfway mark. Um, but I think I think as leaders, man, we have to learn how to push people, um, push people into uncomfortable situations because uh, a lot of people, man, they they if you tell them they have a choice, they won't do it. You know, and it's not that they can't do it; it's just. They don't, you know, either believe in themselves or, you know, they just too lazy to go sign up or whatever. So um, that's something that I'm going to definitely try to try to do um, in my time in, in this organization is just 
push people towards the things that I know can better them um, that they may not be comfortable doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, my bad. Uh, and with that, so how do you feel about receiving a platoon? I don't know what, what your timeline is. Uh, I don't know if you'll do staff time or I don't know if you'll do platoon leader time uh, fresh out of ranger school, but how are you feeling about, you know, receiving a platoon, your platoon sergeant? Like, do you, is that something that you're nervous about? You're excited about? Like, what do you, what are your goals oh, for that? A hundred percent excited, man. Um, it's nothing to be nervous about. I mean, of course, nerves are, are part of life and a part of, you know, your makeup. But, I mean, just excited, man. Like I said, excited to to become a, a part of another, uh, you know, another team, um, you know, um, whatever platoon it may be. Just excited to kind of hear their thoughts on, what they think they could do better, what they think they need help at, um, and then come up with a game plan to to, to make us the best. Um, you know, I I love a good challenge. I love you know being competitive. So um, you know that's that's how I look at it, man. Just getting in there and just learning people, learning what they need, learning what they uh you know like I say, what's going to make them better individually and collectively. And, and just coming up with that plan. So super excited about it, man. Uh, been praying that I get, you know, a good platoon sergeant because, you know, as we know, uh, you know, we don't know much, but, you know, hopefully I get I get me a good platoon sergeant and he's able to, to, to teach me, um, you know, how to be, how to be a great soldier um, per se, um, you know, as far as the leadership stuff and just being a good people person, uh, I don't, I don't have any issues with that, but. Yeah, yeah man. And, and if you're lucky, yo, like, especially with your age and you're, and you know, just, just finishing Ranger school, I think like, I don't think you'll have a problem when it comes to respect. Um, and if they, man, if they pair you up with a good platoon sergeant, I think it'll be smooth sailing. Um, yeah, Marvin, what was your what was your experience like getting your first platoon sergeant or, or meeting your platoon for the first time? Um, so my experience with my platoon sergeant was um, I feel like it was just kind of like standoffish. Um, I feel like that's normal for you know someone that you're meeting, um, not really like applying to you. I'm not trying to do like an ageism thing, Ricky, but like just having someone who's, um, you know, your subordinate who's, you know, who has all those years on you and who's upwards to like 50, 20 years old because my platoon sergeant's like 60 or 50 or something. But uh, it was just, um, besides being standoffish and kind of, I feel like he was like analyzing me and stuff and like vice versa. Um, it's been pretty great so far. Um, whatever, we do, uh, so I'm a transportation officer and we were doing convoys and um, he was helping me um, throughout the process with like planning everything. Granted that I, I did go to uh, Bullock and everything. So, um, you know, I have a good platoon sergeant. He didn't let me drown or anything. So I hope um, you get the same thing too, Ricky. And um, just kind of like on that, or a little side tangent from this, I know, you're pretty busy, you know, with all the schoolhouse and finally getting to unit and then, you know, on the side, um, having your family or not on the side, but like together having your family. Um, do you still have 
any time, I guess, for yourself, like favorite pastimes or, you know, recreation? Of course, man. Of course. Gotta have time for yourself. I don't think, uh, uh, so in my marriage, man, I learned that I'm no good for her if I'm not good for myself. So uh, music keeps me going, um, you know, working out, of course, uh, it's uh, something that we, we that we need to do to be good soldiers. So just getting in a good workout uh, routine, uh, you know, each and every day, just having a system um, to kind of get that done. Um, and then now I'll be able to get into my, my best pastime, which is playing the drums. So, uh, you know, like I said, we just got here, just got all our things here. Some stuff is in storage, but I'm excited to uh, pull them out, put them and, and put them to use and be able to release some stress by playing some music, so. Do you play any other instruments? Nah, just the drums right now, man. Um, been playing drums since I was uh, six years old, um, off and on for, you know, shoot, 25 years now. But uh, but yeah, nah, just uh, just the drums. My wife bought me a, an electric guitar a couple of Christmases back, but yeah, still don't know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Feel so um, living in Texas, so did you guys decide to buy down there or, you know, how, how do y'all, how do y'all plan on doing that in terms of like real estate and everything? And um, like, when do you guys think you guys are going to, you know, settle down and like maybe establish roots somewhere? Or are you guys just going to kind of rent for a little bit and then until you get further on in your military career? Um, so we, we, we bought, um, yeah, we bought, and I mean, the thought process behind that is, of course, you know, the military provides BAH, and you might as well use it um, to your advantage uh, while they give it to you, you know, but each and every person had their own, you know, their own idea of what that looks like, but uh, yeah, man, uh, Roots, like you say, Roots is, who knows, who knows where our Roots would be uh, when it's all said and done, um, you know, I'm originally from Florida, my wife's from South Carolina, um, so we've been there, you know, most of our lives. Uh, we were in Georgia for, you know, a little over a year doing all the school. And so this is both of our first times, uh, you know, just being uh, far away from, from family and, you know, having to, um, yeah, kind of set up roots here and, and kind of get established and, you know, develop a, a base of friendships with people and uh, coworkers and, and find a good church family. So. Um, it, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Um, I think the PCS process is something that uh, should be talked about more. Um, you know, there's so many uh, facets and different aspects to it um, that you may not understand your first time. But uh, I mean, there's some good people that, that help you out and get you through it. But I think it could run a lot smoother um, with, with more conversations with people. So Uh, just kind of on that topic, Becky, uh, for, I guess, both resources uh, within family or individual, and then also um, resources or tools and necessities that you have, I guess, within the field or when you're out there training, uh, what are both, um, I don't know how to put it, but what are some tools or necessities that you say that would come in handy in, um, in your point of view for all of that, um, both training and then also, 
you know, dealing with PCSing and family and work life and uh, as an uh, individual starting out. So some necessities for, give me the question one more time. <laughs> uh, just like being in the field and, uh, you know, going through all the schoolhouse and also within um, your family and whatnot when it comes to being like a military family and also um, for yourself as an individual. Okay, um, some necessities, man. Uh, I think, um, I think, okay, so I, I'll add one. Coming into the military, I think you need a I Love You book. I think every soldier should have one of those. Um, I had a good buddy I worked with. Uh, he was in the Air Force for eight years and got medically retired. But um, he told me about an I Love You book. So it's essentially a book that you keep all of your uh, important documents with. Uh, so whether it's your orders, your, um, you know, you get a certificate or a reward, a reward. Um, you go to the CTMC and get checked out for this or that. Um, it's, it's just a book where you keep all your records. That way you have your records. And um, if the military loses them, then, you know, you have your, um, your own copies and you can provide them back to the military essentially, right? Um, as far as being in the field, I would say the most essential thing for being in the field would have to be a tarp. Um, so many different things you can do with it. Um, I was not a big fan of uh, sleeping just, you know, without a sleeping bag. Um, but if you just throw your tarp around you, um, it warms you up pretty good. Um, and whether it's raining, whether it's cold, um, it, it keeps your, your body, he keeps, keeps you warm and um, you're, you're comfortable. And then, like I said, there's so many other different uses for a tarp, but uh, everybody loves to sleep. So I, I, I threw that one out there. Um, as far as the family, man, with PCS, and I would probably say um, there's some apps out there that you could use to kind of help you with the process because there is so much stuff that uh, that you have to concern yourself with, with the family. Um, so I would think an essential tool when PCS would be to uh, just get on your phone and, and search PCS move, PCS apps, and using one of those uh, resources to your advantage to kind of keep you on, on task. And then um, in the civilian world, man, uh, oh, I, I, something that's essential. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I would probably say uh, some type of faith. Uh, yeah, some type of faith. You got to have some type of faith in something, some type of respect for some higher power. Um, I know mine's God. I'm a Christian. Uh, but you got to believe in something, something to believe in, uh, something to, to, to ground us and keep us humble. So. I think I hit on your three and I added one. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, Ricky, what was your, uh, I got two questions. So for one, how much swimming did y'all do in, in ranger school? Because I want to go to ranger school myself, but I'm not a good swimmer. And also, uh, what's your favorite field snack? Like something that you had to eat in the field? Oh, yeah. So, I, so I'll answer them in reverse. So something that I took to the field every time we went was uh, uh, tuna. So um, they either serve it in the can or you can get it, of course, in the packs, right? 
Um, so uh, mine's my favorite is sweet and spicy or the jalapeno um, tuna packs by Starfish. But um, but yeah, man, had to have it. It's uh, you know, it's just yeah, it's it's a quick power up, man. Quick power up. So that's what I love. And then um, swimming. So in Ranger School, of course, you know, in the Florida phase, there are um, there are swamp crossings. So you do about um, anywhere from like four to six, depending on, you know, what time of year you go, what um, if all of them are open. Um, and it, it's it's interesting because it's it's uh, it's pretty safe, man. They, they teach you how to do it. You get pretty comfortable with it. And your rucksack actually floats. So for all of those people out there that don't know, your rucksack floats. <laughs> your rucksack floats. Um, but yeah, so other than that, um, you have to do a donning ditch, which is like the um, combat water uh, assessment test. So CWSA. Um, so you can just look it up and kind of get an understanding, but you literally just, you know, jump in the water. Um, you have to down a vest and then you swim. Um, so uh, it's not much swimming, but it is enough enough swimming to where um, if you're not proficient and you're not comfortable with swimming, you you should you should do some training. Um, but I mean, it's it's not anything anybody can't do. We had a guy, uh, one of my good friends. Uh, he didn't pass his water test um, in our pre ranger certification class. And he ended up coming uh, two classes after I did, and he ended up graduating with me because I recycled those two times. So, um, like I say, he he just got in there and he went to the pool and you know just taught himself how to swim with a uniform on. And he uh, he came out there, and he got it done. So, I mean, it's nothing you can't do, bro. It's nothing you can't do. Spend it, spend a couple weeks getting comfortable, jumping in the pool, and going to ranger school, man. Get that tab. No, I love to hear it, man. I appreciate it. Um, so as we wrap this up, Ricky, because uh, of the new Zoom time limit, uh, what's next for you and what are you most focused on at the moment? Yeah, so of course, next for me, like I say, is uh, getting to my unit and then uh, getting indoctrinated in the cab lifestyle. So um, as an infantry officer, um, I am going to be in a, in a cavalry unit. So it's uh, all brand new. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to to learn the Bradley platform, and that's my main focus right now. Just uh, learning learning my fighting vehicle, um, learning how it operates, learning how to fight it best um, to keep me me and me and my team uh, safe, and uh, you know able to return home if we happen to go fight our our country's wars, and then. Um, and then just uh, getting used to being in Texas and and uh, getting familiar with the area and, and kind of developing a life here. So. Well, thanks, Ricky. Uh, do you have anything else, Brian? No, nah, man, I'm good. Uh, like I said, yo, I, I appreciate the time. Uh, you, I appreciate the representation, man. Um, even though we're the same rank, uh, it's still inspirational. And um, it's, it's almost like a little push, you know, uh, to hear someone want to do 20 years, to hear someone, you know, graduate ranger school and uh, someone that's done it, you know, they come back and say it's not that bad. Um, and I hate gatekeepers in the military. Um, I hate it so much. But 
you know, after talking with you, it, like nothing seems impossible. Um, and I just, you know, I just appreciate it, man. I, I can't wait to serve with you. Uh, hopefully we see each other downrange. But if not, you know, I plan on moving to Texas in a couple of years. So, you know, hopefully we could establish a relationship moving forward. And then, I don't know, your wife and my wife, we, they become friends. <laughs> <You know? laughs> of, course, man, of course, man. Just, yeah, once we get off, we'll, we'll exchange information, man. But, uh, yeah, no, I greatly appreciate you you guys having me on, man. Marvin, greatly appreciate the invite. Um, and and you're right, man. I, I It warms my heart to hear you say that because that's all I try to do, man, just inspire people and um, and help them become their best self, their best self man. Uh there's there's many people that pour into my life. Um, and so I just want to be a person that's able to pour into others. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank, thanks for, uh, you know, taking time out of your day. And I mean, I know you're busy unpacking and stuff. So hey. uh, hats off to you with like all your accomplishments and stay inspirational, bro, because, you know, you're already doing it right now. So <laughs> thanks again. All right, well, man. I'm gonna go ahead and stop recording and then just take a screenshot real quick if that's cool. Yep, of course.